0: Thankful for uh, the great people I see here tonight. Um, uh, there's many people here that uh, I've been blessed to know in my years uh, this far, and I can never express what they mean to me and uh, how much I love them. But uh, I hope that the Lord will bless them uh, as much as they have been a blessing to me. Um, I was talking to Brother Casey um, earlier About an experience I had at Unity, I actually was crying, and a contact fell out. And uh, I do apologize tonight if I am uh, emotional. Um, I tend to get sometimes emotional. Uh, So I hope you guys can just bear with me and uh, pray for me. Um, I'll be honest, um, here in the last month or two, uh, I feel like the devil's worked an overtime on me. Um. Especially here recently, I've been uh, presented with uh, a few things um, that uh, I I guess I try to throw a pity party about for myself. I feel sorry for myself, but um, I guess it's the Lord just telling me that I need to give it to Him. I know that, but uh, it's hard. It's challenging, and uh, I just need your guys' prayers tonight for sure. That I don't let that hinder me, don't let it distract me, but that I can get it out of the way and just, just. Please the Lord. That's, a, that's what I want to do. I, uh, something else I've, I've grown to, um, to realize as far as preaching is uh, uh, early on and still now, even. I'll just be honest. Uh, and maybe those that are preachers here know this, but it, sometimes it's hard to get self out of the way. Um, that's a challenge to truly get yourself out of the way and let the Lord speak through you. And um, a thing that I struggle with is pleasing people, pleasing man. And uh, um, I hate that. I guess about myself in a way. I wish I wasn't that way, um, and the devil often will try to use that against me. But uh, when I get to the nitty gritty of things, I just—I truly want to. I just want the Lord to be happy with me. It may not be much. It may be short. It may be, you know, just a few words. But if the Lord's happy, that's all that matters. And so I hope that I will be content knowing that. This evening, I am aware that there are some that may not um, know me or recognize me or never even heard of me, and so I I do find it appropriate when I go to a, a place preaching for the first time to uh, tell my salvation experience and uh, my call to the ministry, and so uh, um, a little bit about myself I guess not that it's uh, anything uh, I don't want you to get uh, the the impression that I'm trying to boast myself up but it's just strictly the Lord has made me who I am today, and um, uh, but I was saved um, in 2015 in September 20. 20- on September 27th of 2015, in a fall revival at Fairview. And for those that have not heard my uh, testimony, I told of being saved, was on the roll, so to speak, at at Fairview here in Woodburn. And uh, um, one Saturday morning, uh, I was awakened by my my mom, and she showed me this, uh, it was a video, not sure if it was on Facebook or what, but um, it's this Christian scientist, and you guys may laugh at this a little bit, but the Lord used it. And as a Christian scientist, and uh, I'm not sure if you are familiar with what a lunar eclipse is, but it's the blood moon. Uh, I guess it's a phenomenon science thing that happens, um, I guess, yearly. I'm not sure, really. But um, in this video, this this guy was referencing to Scripture, I believe, in Matthew, where it talks about end times and how um, when the Lord come back, the sun turned to sackcloth and ash and the moon to to blood. And... uh, all of a sudden, I, I got uneasy. It was kind of weird. And uh, I kind of just tried to shrug it off and, you know, go about my day. So I went to my room, and I was in middle school at the time, so I picked up the, the game controller because, you know, that's what we have to distract us nowadays. And so I picked up a video game controller and just try to ease my mind by playing video games all day. And uh, I, I, I do remember at times that day, uh, I was able to kind of push that phone away, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, There it was again, that uncomfortable, terrible, icky feeling that I know that if you are lost or are saved, you've experienced it as well. But uh, fast forward to the next day, um, Sunday morning, uh, we were getting ready for church and we all made breakfast. I was actually unable to eat breakfast. I woke up that morning, the Lord um, was already working on me. And uh, I remember we got to church that morning and Brother Ron just uh, resigned as our pastor, but... uh, Uh, He was actually still helping out, I think it was fairly recently, so he was still filling the pulpit for us and he preached and um, we we started the service off with the altar call, which was, uh, I say ordinary, kind of ironic, maybe, I don't know, but we usually, I guess, don't do that and that particular Sunday morning we we started off with the altar call and I came up to the front and started praying over at the the side and I remember getting really, uh, real serious, I try to get serious at least, and like Lord, just just let me know truly where I stand with you. And uh, um, out of nowhere, I say out of nowhere, instantly, right then, uh, it was like that that feeling that I already had inside just got ten times worse. And uh, I knew for sure that I was I was lost as lost can be. And uh, that was kind of a shock to me because, like I said, I, I told of being saved. Um, I guess that was going on seven years of thinking I was saved. set six, six seven years of thinking I was saved and Told of it, thought it, I guess deceived myself, and uh, I was convinced. I was convinced, and I'm thankful to the Lord that um, he, he still uh, drew me to a place of repentance. I'm thankful that He didn't give up on me, even though I, you know, thought I was saved and convinced myself that I was. Um, he still uh, found grace and mercy upon me, but um, anyways, I went back to my seat, and my mom and dad asked, you know, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'll be... Nothing's wrong with me. I didn't want anybody to think anything was wrong with me. And I tried to hide it off. And don't remember what was preached that morning, but we went home. And uh, um, we found ourselves, I found myself uh, on the living room couch. And my whole family was in the the kitchen area uh, eating. uh, One of my favorite um, Sunday afternoon meals is a grilled cheese. But that particular uh, morning or afternoon, I could not, I couldn't eat. And uh, I remember sitting on the couch and looking over my shoulder, and my whole family was in the the kitchen area, and I was in there all by myself, which I don't uh, find that to be ironic, to be honest. Um, And uh, all of a sudden, I just tried to pray. Um, That's something I still am convinced that I I struggle with. I think uh, you cannot truly pray without the Lord's help. And uh, I didn't know how to pray. I was trying to pray. I was trying to conjure up words and thoughts and and things that I, I've been told and I've heard, and I, I just flat out, I didn't know how to pray. And uh, anyways, as time went on, I'm trying to fast forward a little bit, uh, we went to my nanny's house before revival service, and uh, we got there, and uh, ironically again, I found myself on the, the couch in their living room, and everybody was in the, the kitchen area. And uh, that sense of separation and, and anxiety, and you know all the feelings, um, all that was upon me strongly, and uh, I tried to shake it off, and you know, you can't do that, I guess you can, I wouldn't recommend it though, and um, I was unable to, and uh, I tried to pray once again there, and uh, anyways, finally fast forward to that night, Um, we were getting ready to go back to Fairview for a revival service, and my mom tried to give me a Sprite, because I was... Telling everybody, my stomach was hurting. That was my excuse, and I didn't feel good. And so, Mom tried to give me a Sprite and Tums and all the the remedies that parents try to give. And uh, uh, none of that was I knew none of that was going to work with the problem I had. And uh, anyways, uh, she said, Do "You want to go home before church?" And I was like, "No. Last thing I wanted to do was be alone by myself, separated from everybody. I wanted to be with somebody." Um, but we got to head into church, and don't know if you guys are familiar with. Uh, Going from Russellville to Woodburn, but at 6880, the highway. We were on the highway and we were in the car. And I remember I was just, I was unable to, I wasn't able to hide it anymore. And my heart just began to be crushed and broken. And uh, all of a sudden, I just said, "Guys, you got to stop the car." And I remember they pulled the car over, and um, it just came out. I said, "I'm not, I'm not saved. I'm lost." And uh, personally, I feel like I had. Um, this could be funny. You can laugh at it too. You may not agree. I don't know. Um, I'm convinced that I cannot truly seek the Lord until I, I said that. I know that sounds funny, but I, my heart, it's like I just had to be willing to say it. And um, finally, I, I guess I came to terms and got pride out of the way and just said, Lord, I, I get it. This is what you want. I just said, I'm lost. I get it. And I, t- I told, I remember telling, and um, then I, I was able to kind of, I feel like, I don't want to put steps to salvation. That's not what I'm saying at all. But it almost felt like I knocked down a door, if that makes sense. I was able to, to kind of seek the Lord. And, and so we got to church, got out of the car, and Sister Marie Pitts met me. And it was, uh, she saw me crying in the parking lot. And she said, Honey, what's wrong? And uh, oh, I guess she said, She asked my mom. She said, Is he okay? And she said, Ask him. So she said, Honey, what's wrong? And I, I just told her, I'm lost. And she said, Well, just go on in. Just go ahead and start praying. I remember I sat down, and everybody. My mom and Maria were like, just go ahead and pray. You don't have to wait till service starts. So I remember I came up to the front and started praying. And um, I remember praying, I don't know how long, um, it was before preaching started, I got up. But I was at the point where um, emotionally I was just empty. I don't know if you got to that point when you were seeking, but I, I had no more tears to cry. I felt desperate, um, sick. I, I felt all of the words. But that I remember that point when I was at the front, and I just I couldn't cry. I was kind of like oh no, I'm in trouble, like I'm still lost as lost can be, and I can't shed another tear, what am I going to do? And that was just desperation is what it felt like, it just felt desperate. And I remember going back to my seat, just kind of depressed in a way, I just sat there and just, I didn't know what to do, I was like, I- I'm in big trouble. And uh, anyways, I serviced, my dad was preaching that night, and uh, we had a revival, the revival service was preachers of the church, and so um, don't remember what he preached upon, but after he was done, we had an altar call, and there were several people that night, I believe, that, that came up front, and um, everybody came up to pray. It was a talk about altar call. It was an altar call. Everybody came. And uh, I sat in the back, though, all by myself, and there was nobody from the front part. I, there was nobody still in their seat. But behind me uh, was Brother Travis Garner, and uh, he came up to me. and He said, Dawson, buddy, I know um, you're probably a little embarrassed. Um, he said, I can't imagine the way you feel. But uh, he said, just sitting there is not going to do anything. you got to do something about it. He said, I can't do anything. He said, uh, if you don't want to go up there, he said, just, just go back there in the back and pray by yourself. And so uh, he said, I'll go get your parents and tell them you're back there. So I remember I went back um, to uh, the back of the church. And I know Sister Lana remembers this, because she was back there praying for me. But I went back to the old flowery couch. It's not too appealing. I don't know if you guys have seen it at Fairview. It's an old Floral couch. Just, I'm telling you, it's not pretty at all. Um, but uh, I remember I went back to the back on the middle cushion and trying to pray. Like I said, I don't know how to pray. And um, you know, we. I feel like maybe for missionary Baptists, um, we kind of maybe it's harder for us to get saved. I sometimes think that uh, because yes, we hear the truth. We 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 are um, blessed to hear it uh, weekly, but uh, we become accustomed to. I guess we become um, at ease to it sometimes our lost people do and uh, anyways I, I tried to um, do all the things that people have said I try to give up this and that and Lord you can have this you can have that and still loss is lost can be and uh, my laundry list was running low I had nothing else to give and I remember at that point um, when I got to the end of the laundry list and just quit trying like that's the thing with salvation is you got to understand you can't do anything you gotta quit trying. And when I just quit trying, like if it sounds funny, you know, you're always you you know, you're taught give hundred and twenty percent effort in everything you do, but when I just quit giving effort and just stop and just let go and let the Lord do everything, that's exactly when I got saved and I had peace. And um, still to this day, um, I have that same peace that here. I may not be anything in my life after today. I may not be anything to this day, but um I have Jesus. That's enough to me. Um I could um, I could equip to be nothing in the future, but I'm satisfied to know that I have Jesus. And that, that, that's good, to know you have Jesus and to be confident you have Jesus and to rely upon that peace and that joy um, that He's put inside of you. Um, so fast forward to now, obviously, as I'm standing here b- before you guys, um, I've been preaching uh, a little under a year, I'm almost out of here, I think, April, it'll be a year, or so about a month away, eleven months. Um, I was licensed in July at Fairview, but uh, call to ministry happened a year prior to me announcing it. And uh, I was called to preach in two thousand and twenty-one. It was in April, it was like late April, it was a Sunday morning service though, and uh, I was sitting we sent the eight women's corner uh, eight women's uh, the corner at Fairview and I was sitting there and Uh, Brother Doug preached, and um, I'll be honest, I was kind of at a place in life where um, I kind of just, I didn't know, I kind of felt like rock bottom in a way, I don't want to say rock bottom, but I felt, I was in like a low (laughs) point, if that makes sense, I I wasn't on the spiritual high or anything, I was kind of, I guess, just coasting, felt numb, and uh, which is kind of weird, like why would the Lord call somebody to preach, it's just just sitting there doing nothing, and um, anyways, that particular morning, though, the Lord blessed me, and uh I was sitting there, we, Brother Doug got done preaching, and we sing Amazing Grace. And uh, I said I'm a, sometimes emotional, but Amazing Grace, I love that song, but it's not one that usually uh, plays with my heartstrings too much. But um, that morning, that song was such a blessing to, to my ears and my heart, and uh, I, I just was listening, and all of a sudden, out of, out of nowhere, um, it was just like someone was speaking to me, just said, go, 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 go preach simple as that and uh i was like oh no <laughs> like what is this isn't what is going on and uh that that all could describe the feeling that i felt was just the urgent uh it's just urgency um i played basketball when i was in high school and it almost i don't want to compare it to this but if, if this could make sense to those that haven't uh, been called a preach or, um don't quite understand uh playing basketball in a fourth quarter in a close game, that that anxious and urgency, that desire to, you know, get the next, buck, that's almost like, it just felt like I needed to go, just, I needed to, urgently, I just, I needed to go, and um, I push it away, though, Uh, I'll be honest, uh, I have a problem with uh, overthinking, overanalyzing, doubting, um, all those things, I'm the worst, and uh, so I pushed it away for a year, but throughout that year, um, uh, I remember, I was in, I'm in college at this time, and I was you know, go to campus. Uh, I commute to college here at Western, and uh, on the way to campus, and other times I'd just be talking to the Lord, and He'll let me know, Dawson, you know what you should be doing. Why aren't you doing it? And uh, I had no answer, uh, except I guess pride and a lack of faith. And um, anyways, finally, it's a youth-led service, and uh, um, I don't want to. I know I keep saying the word ironically, but uh, Brother Travis Garner uh, was preaching. And uh, he got done preaching, and uh, Brother Drake Walden at Fairview, he's very talented musically. he can sing very well. He was singing a song uh, called My Jesus. And uh, Brother Travis, during that song, he asked Brother Drake, he said, can you stop for a minute? And he said, I used to be a member at this church, talking about Fairview, and he said, if I'm being honest, um, I didn't have the best Liberty Night. He said, that's just me being honest. And uh, I just feel like someone uh, is struggling with something. He said, I don't know if they're struggling with something, they need to say something, need to do something, but he said, I just feel uneasy, and uh, I was holding a child, a little baby that we have, that a couple has at Fairview. the next thing I knew, um, I'll be honest, that was one of the services, I I was, I wasn't really paying attention, had no desire of uh, saying anything, and next thing I knew, I tossed the the child to my mom, and I was up standing, uh, telling everyone that I've been called to preach, and so um, here I am uh, today, trying, Uh, I know I'm not doing any justice, probably. Uh, but um, I'm thankful. I can, I, I can, I can say that I am thankful uh, to be called to preach. I don't know if I should knock on wood or not. I don't know if that's if I should be saying that. But I am, I am thankful. Um, the Lord has blessed me, uh, especially recently. Um, the be- the beginning stages of it, I felt like a lot of people were making it about me, and so it was. I felt felt challenging to to preach, a lot more challenging. And uh, here recently, uh, I've been able to go places and just feel, feel the Lord just help me and be with me, and that's been a blessing, and uh, I'm thankful for that and thankful for, for Him and His uh, guidance this far. But that's enough uh, uh, about me. I apologize for being too lengthy in that. Um, but if you have your Bibles, I'll be reading from Romans chapter 12, very, very familiar Scripture. And sometimes I, I question, Lord, why... Did, why why do you want me to preach for something so familiar that we all we all know? But um, this is what He's put on my heart, and so I just ask you guys to be patient and pray for me this evening. Yeah. Me grab a Romans chapter 12, and we're just going to read verses 1 and, and 2. And if I um, had a title uh, tonight... Um, I hope I can make sense of it later, but uh, the title would be Thy Will, Not Mine. Thy Will, Not Mine. And so, uh, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and we'll flip to a couple more places, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And this is Romans 12, 1 and 2. And, uh, um, of course, we, we that are familiar with this and, uh, I guess, have um, some knowledge, understand that uh, there, the, there's uh, the revealed will of the Lord and then there's, there's, there's His sovereign will. And uh, if I had to um, uh, try to explain that, I guess His sovereign will are, are things that uh, we can't really see, um, we don't know of, um, but they're, they're going to happen. Um, his revealed will is things that we know, uh, things that He desires in our lives. That's His will, um, that, that I guess you could say His law, so to speak. That's His revealed will to us. And uh, in this particular instance, we're going to be uh, referencing more to uh, uh, God's revealed will for us. And so, in verse 1 it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And uh, I want to look at that for just a second. And uh, when I was uh, thinking, um, you know, you think present your bodies as a living sacrifice, it doesn't literally mean, um, of course, sacrifice your, your body. But what it's saying is put aside your, your, your flesh and your carnal, your carnal mind, sacrifice the things that your, your flesh desires, and, uh, and cling to the things that the Lord uh, wants for you. And so he says, present your body living sacrifice, holy acceptance to God, which is your reasonable service. So at this point, um, your body and flesh should be put aside, and they should be, I guess, serving the soul. The soul takes priority state of, of, uh, of your life. And so you're, you're, you're letting the Lord lead. And then it ends, which is your reasonable service. And of course, we know, I think if you, uh, I want to say somewhere in Ephesians, maybe chapter... Chapter one or chapter two, um, I think it's chapter two, um, uh, maybe verse ten. Uh, it says that God ordains uh, His people to, I guess, produce good fruits. I know that I'm probably paraphrasing that and butchering that to pieces. But uh, it, once we're saved, we should bear fruit. We should there should be um, uh, there should be evidence of our salvation. There should be a, a service to the Lord. It's not just get saved and you know coast through life. No, there should be an action thereafter. And so that is. Um, what it's saying is, present yourselves as living as a living sacrifice, holy acceptance of God, which is a reasonable service. So it's our service. It's our duty. It's ordained by God that we do that once we're saved. And so then to verse 2, which is what I want to look more into. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but ye, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so, uh, when it says be not conformed to this world, um, uh, what it's saying is, don't be molded to the things that are, that are of this world. Don't be... Uh, um, Influenced by by what your your flesh desires, by um, what is uh, comfortable to you. Um, most of the time, when I think about it, uh, I can often find that I'm probably co- more uh, so swaying to being conformed to the world if I'm comfortable. Um, a lot of times, when you're a comfortable Christian, you're probably not in the will of, of of the Lord. And so, it's important that we that we we get uncomfortable. I think that's what's. Uh, uh, Relevant now and to, today's our churches today is we, we see a lot of comfortable Christians and I, I'm not meaning to to I guess preach to the church but this is this is just coming to me. Um, uh, there's a problem with just us being comfortable, us being okay with with everything and just letting it run its course. But no, we, we, we need to we need to go to the Lord, ask the Lord to make us uncomfortable, make us uh, make us not be conform to this world. Help Him uh, renew our minds, like it says, be transformed, renew our minds, and so. When it says, "Renew our minds," that is a complete change of our minds. Um, uh, that's something I, I find uh, unique. Um, when you go talk to the Lord, there's not just a, a partial change, even now I'm talking to a saved individual, when you go talk to the Lord and you're wanting the Lord to guide you and to, to change the way your, your th- change the, your thoughts and your ways and your heart, He doesn't just change it a little bit. It's a complete change. He, it's repentance. And uh, that's a complete turnaround from the way you're going. And so uh, be changed by the renewal of the mind. And how do we do that? Jesus. And so then, after that, we read, it says, that ye may prove what is that good and accepted, acceptable and perfect will of God. And that is, uh, that is what that's saying is, uh, once you do that, then you're able to recognize what the, the will of God is. And uh, you're not uh, something... I, me talking to myself, um, I feel like we like to to go through our our life and make, I guess, decisions if we say decisions or uh, do things and uh, uh, make it about ourselves. Um, I guess starting in our early childhood, that's that's what we're taught. We're kind of accustomed to that. Everything's about me, my, my, this is all about me. It's uh, all about me society and uh, uh, we always want to just please ourselves and so we're dumping a bunch into ourselves, and I guess your whole childhood, all the way up to your, I guess early adult stages, that you just dump into yourself, and uh, uh, you can't, you can't tell me—at least I'm not convinced—that you can be a, a self-centered person and do what the will of the Lord is for your life. It's 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 impossible. Um, you have to you have to put aside yourself completely, not just partially, not just a little bit, but fully, all of it. Your complete self has to be dependent upon the Lord, and so. Um, that is kind of what it, I believe it's saying, is that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God, and that is by uh, getting, all, getting all of your your uh, desires out of the way and trusting the, what the Lord has. And so, another thing that I, that, that I thought about is um, God's will doesn't contradict this. It doesn't contradict His truth. Um, a lot of times, that's something else uh, I look at, look at things that way whenever I'm, I'm doing something, I guess. Um, I feel like we like to, to talk ourselves into things um, because it it's, makes us comfortable. We're all about being comfortable, all about feeling um, okay in our skin. And uh, we like to convince ourselves that certain things are okay and just say, well, I can get away with that. It'll be okay just one time. But um, that's not how it works. Uh, if it contradicts this, if it contradicts the truth, then it's, it's wrong. You can't, you can't make your will, convince your will over God's will. If you're doing that, you're just preordaining your own will over His, which is, that's a, that's, that's a problem. And uh, um, I, can't, I, I don't believe the Lord would be satisfied uh, with us if we do that, which I believe most of us probably at times do, unfortunately. But, um, of course, like I said... Um, Early in our childhood, I think we, we grasp these behaviors, we grasp these these actions about grabbing all these things and making it about me, me, me. And uh, how, do, how do we not make it about me? And it goes back to what it says about renewing of your mind. You have to, you got to take it to Jesus. You got to, um, we talked in Sunday school this morning, Brother Jake uh, is our Sunday school teacher, and uh, uh, we, I guess his uh, uh, title or lesson was about reputation, but we went further on how your reputation follows you. And uh, we, we, we talked and he said at the very end, he said, I, you know, I, I'm tired of going through a cycle of these co- same conversations of things that we can do better. Um, we know the problem. We know what we stand in need of, but we're not doing anything to fix it. Um, I feel like that's what all I do is I talk about the problem. I talk about what's wrong, but I never put any action into fixing the problem. And so, Eventually, you have to, there takes an action. There's an action to being a disciple. It's not just because you're saved it's going to be handed to you. No, there's an action. There's an effort that you have to put towards um, uh, following the Lord. And so you have to put effort into your relationship with the Lord. If you want to follow what the Lord has for your life and um, what His will is uh, for all of us, um, you, have, you have to be in, in, in prayer with Him. I think that's something that we lack more than anything um, I was talking earlier, I don't know how to pray. And uh, I still don't know how to pray at times. I need the Lord's help to pray. And uh, that, that, that is something uh, uh, I'm ashamed of. Uh, I need to know how to pray. I need to, I need to go to the Lord more often. I need to, to pray earnestly more often. I I'll be honest, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but I probably don't pray like I should. I'd say most of us don't. And uh, we need to, to daily be in conversation and fellowship with the Lord. And so uh, um, aligning our our hearts and our mind uh, with God leads to completeness. Um, He's able to to fulfill you with uh, uh, peace, joy, and and hope if you align your heart and your mind with His will. Um, You find completeness. There's no uh, holes in it. There's nothing you'll be unsatisfied with. It's complete and perfect. That's what we read. That's the perfect will of God. And uh, that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful there's no holes in God's will for our lives. I'm thankful that um, we can go to this and that itself will tell us exactly what to do. A lot of times it'll sting, it'll hurt, it'll burn, but we have this to to go to. And so another verse of Scripture I would like to flip to is um, Matthew chapter 6, verses uh, 25, I believe. Excuse me, sorry, Luke twenty two. I apologize. Luke twenty two forty one, at verse forty three, and this is all familiar as well. Um, This is Jesus uh, the week right before his passion. Um, He's in the Garden of Gethsemane praying, and uh, we know and I think read earlier in the book of Luke earlier I think maybe chapter one or chapter two where uh, it, it talks about him being going to the synagogues. And uh, uh, I guess Mary was looking for him. He said, don't you know I'm about the Father's business? And so we know from early childhood up till his, uh, all the way, his whole life, he was always about um, the Father's business, about pleasing God. And so um, now we're looking at this particular point, at um, Jesus in the garden praying. And it says in verse 41, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father... If thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And uh, something, I, I, when I was reading this, of course, uh, if you read the next verse, 44, that's, that, this just is a whole uh, powerful uh, reading here. But um, in verse 41, it says, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, which he's talking about his disciples, if we read for context. Um, he was withdrawn from them, without a stone's cast, and knelt down and prayed. And uh, the thing I found unique about that is he, Jesus found a place. He, he, had a, he separated himself, found a place of silence, and he prayed. Um, I look at myself, and uh, a, a big thing with me is, I, I guess, the, the busyness of life, the busyness of my schedule that I, I, I like to say um, that I have. Uh, I, don't, I don't find time to just pause, stop, and put give God time. Um, I got time for all these other things, but I never give God the proper time that He deserves. And um, we need to be like Jesus. You know, we we claim to to be Christians, which means Christ-like, follow after Jesus, the example He's providing. This is a perfect example, I believe, um, uh, it, about the experience, probably the the most challenging, grueling trial mankind's ever heard of and seen. And uh, we also, all read in this how the the agony that was behind it, and so. Uh, Jesus Himself, um, who is God, uh, still found time to, to, to stop and pray and ask for strength. And of course, in verse 42 it says, Nevertheless, not My will, but Thine be done. And uh, then you read in 43, And there appeared an angel unto Him from heaven, strengthening Him. And so, um, when, you, when you subjugate uh, uh, to God's will, when you... Um, defeat your will and allow the Lord to uh, take leadership of your life and follow after His will, um, you find strength. And, of course, in verse 43 it says, "...and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him." And uh, I found that uh, unique. You find strength when you allow the Lord to, to lead your life and fall after His will. And that doesn't mean uh, that it's going to be easy, uh, so to speak. doesn't mean that um, everything will be uh, perfect and, and look appealing, I guess, to our, our flesh, but uh, I promise you one thing, you'll have God right beside you when you're going through it. And so uh, um, I guess my, my question is, I'm not, I don't know hearts or anybody. Uh, it's mine this evening. But um, I, I feel like a lot of times uh, we like to try to manage things on our own. So um, what, what, are, what are we trying to manage on our own? What is it that's staying in our way? What, what is it that has taken possession over our heart? What has taken... Uh, Leadership in our lives. You know, Brother Doug uh, has used the, uh, the phrase, you can't have multiple priorities. And I like that because I always used to say, you know, I have, I have, you know, priorities. You don't have priorities. You have one priority. There's one thing that sits at the very top of your, your list, I guess. That is your priority. That's what gets all your attention. You can't have multiple things that are priorities. You have one priority. What is your priority? If it's not Jesus, then it's not right. And uh, my, I guess. What I want to challenge each of us, uh, regardless of of age or experience or Christian maturity or our walk with the Lord, uh, we all need to be aligned with uh, the Lord's leadership. And so, we all needed to just stop, pause, and ask the Lord to realign our hearts, realign it with His will. How do we do that? Spend time with Him in prayer. Get in the Word. Read this because this is evident; it speaks to you clearly about what to do. Um, and I promise you. Uh, you'll find that the Lord uh, will help you. He will guide you and He will strengthen you. And something, uh, uh, the other thing I want to read was Matthew 6, what I referenced to earlier. Matthew six twenty-five and 34. This is also uh, a very familiar verse of Scripture. It says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more uh, than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit into his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall ye eat, or what shall we drink, or wherefore withal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need all of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take, therefore, no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. And uh, those are some powerful verses of Scriptures. Um, uh, you know, I think it's just our natural tendency, I guess it's a result of sin, our flesh, to want to have control of things, to want to know what's next. But uh, Jesus already knows. Jesus already knows uh, the decisions that we're going to make. He already knows the, the challenges we're going to have tomorrow next week, next month, next year. He already knows what's coming ahead. Um, that's the beauty of it all. He already knows, but He wants you to be obedient and willing to take those to Him. Um, he already knows them, but just take them to Him so He can help, help us. And so, um, um, how do we do that? See what it says in verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, you put Him in the, 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 the center of your life and allow Him to guide and lead everything that you do. He'll take care of everything. There won't be a, a single thing you can't um, endure, that you can't uh, uh, get through, um, whether it's sickness, um, uh, deaths even. Um, you know, we, there's things that, I guess in the recent, uh, these last couple of years, I've experienced a couple of deaths in my family, and uh, they've been challenging. But what I'm thankful for, first, I guess, is they had a testimony, but second, I'm thankful that the Lord, um, in those type of times, you know, you take it to the Lord, and, and He gives you comfort and peace during those times. Um, that's, that's the beautiful thing about this, and uh, I think a lot of times the, the outside uh, perception of, 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 of people outside of church think, you know, Christians, or even, I guess, Christians think once you're saved, everything should be sunshine and rainbows, but that's not the case, um, the Lord brings these things into our lives to grow us, to mature us, to strengthen us, and to make us um, submissive to Him, to allow Him to, uh, to lead us. And so um, my challenge is that we, uh, um, regardless of age, um, like I said, regardless of what point of life, part of life we're in, um, all of us, no matter until, until the first breath we take to the last breath we take, we all need to be um, about the Father's business and following His will for our lives, not our own. Um, that's all I have on my heart. I'm sorry if I was messy, uh, sloppy with my thoughts. I hope you got something out of it. But um, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here tonight. Um, I do uh, strongly ask you guys to, um, in particular, if you can, say a prayer for me this week. Um, I'm not going to go into details, but uh, the Lord knows what I stand in need of. And I'm uh, um, I'm nervous anxious i'll be honest with you about the the coming week for several reasons and i know that i just need to 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 give it to him and he'll take care of it but i do ask you guys to pray for me uh glad to see you guys and love you all thank you